Hey everyone, we're here with Suzanne Tikowski. She's the publisher of Beverly Hills Times Magazine. Welcome, Suzanne. This is Kelly. <laughs> Hi, Suzanne. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that you guys got me up and going. I know. <laughs> well, I love what you're doing. I love the magazine. How long has Beverly Hills Times been around? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I started it uh, uh, in my, I would say, mid-40s. I had just gotten divorced and I needed a job. And so I went to work for a local newspaper, Beverly Hills Courier. And while I was there, after about three months, I thought, oh, my God, what am I doing working for this guy? I need to start my own business and I need to start a magazine for women who, like me, are trying to find their place in the world and looking for options. And so my first actually magazine was called Women on Top. Mm. And, um, it ran from the late 90s into like about 2002. And then I wanted to increase my advertising base. So I morphed it into the Beverly Hills Times. Ah, okay. That was smart. Yeah. Did you ever have a print version? Yeah, all the time. Only- uh, Are you still, Do you still have print? No, I don't. I. Uh, I put gone online in about the last year and a half yep. uh, because a lot of my places that we deliver to were closed. Like mm. we were in the oh, hotel yeah. rooms and we were in office buildings and uh, yeah. you know uh, restaurants. Everything was locked down, so I just kept it going and uh, you know no advertisers sometimes, but just kept it going anyway. Right. Luckily, my kids are brilliant um, on the computer, so they are my production crew and my oh, <laughs> designers and yeah. photographers and everything. Yeah, yeah, I see you have your. I do. You have lots of tech support. I see. Oh my God, I, my poor husband over here has been crazy. I've been after him all day. I've been like, no, we got to get it right. No. <laughs> he's like, calm down. He goes, when you get, he goes, you get like hysterical when you get, and he said it's fear. And you know what? It is fear. When you're scared of something, you just you do weird things. Don't take the right yeah. path. Yeah, it's so yeah. true. Yeah. I was reading about that in in the uh, article that you sent over a, a little synopsis of your book. And I wanted to ask you about your book. What made what was the uh, inspiration for you to start writing this book? And what's the name? Can you tell us what the name of the book is? Sure. You want me to show you the sure. cover? Can you oh, see hold it up. Wait. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I like the cover. Yeah. Every woman's life. life. And then at the bottom is the most important part. It says the myth, lies, truth, and the tricks of the trade of being a woman. Mm. Oh, there are a lot okay. of tricks. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. important part, right? It's a, juggle, it's a juggling act. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. So, what, so that's neat, neat that you, so you got a divorce. You're trying to create your own life on your own and support yourself. And so you did woman on top, women on top, and that morphed into Beverly Hills times, which has now morphed into an Ein magazine, mm -hmm. not print, which is going with the times COVID just accelerated all of that. Mm -hmm. And now you're right. You wrote this book published already, right? It's out. I, it'll be published after the first of the year. What I've done is, um, uh, well, how I got started on the book was uh, my women are my favorite people on earth. I mean, I can't like function without, um, you know, my women friends, 
I've made so many clients over the past 20 years that I'm still friends with. So women have a camaraderie that we get each other through the good times and the bad times and uncertain times. And we just hang together and there's nothing like having great girlfriends and a great support system. So when I started Women on Top Magazine, that was not, excuse me, um, intention was to, you know, gather women together to uh, uh, support each other and uh, we learn from each other. So I started out doing interviews and I had front covers like um, Kathy Ireland back then and Gloria Allred and Suzanne, Susan Sarandon and Suzanne Summers, like tons of women on the covers and they all told their stories. And I believe, and I know with me, because I'm an avid reader of books, um, you know, somebody can say something that sparks an idea that you never thought of before. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, yes, I could do that. Yes, I, I, I'm good. I, I can, that can help me get over this hurdle in life. Mm-hmm. Look, she did it so I can do it. So that was my uh, goal behind Women on Top Magazine. And then when I went into Beverly Hills Times Magazine, I couldn't be as, uh, oh, what's the word? I don't want to say nasty. I couldn't be as- um, Frank. <laughs> okay, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> as I wanted to be because right. in my other women on top I had great articles like how to dump the dud and oh. <laughs> uh, that kind of thing that everybody that, loved and and, and I have funny. to say this which is amazing but some of my biggest supporters and advertisers in women on top magazine even with articles like how to dump the dud in three dates and stuff were men and men supported women on top and I would ask them why are you supporting a, a, a magazine that says how to dump a dud or you know how to stop dating Mr. Wrong or all these stuff and they go we just want to know how a woman's mind reads. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah so they were my biggest advertisers they kept the magazine women on top going they loved it and um, then also because that was reaching so many women a lot of my like plastic surgeons and people like that, they wanted to reach that clientele. Mm-hmm. So then they would advertise with me. So it was when I morphed it into um, Beverly Hills Times, a lot of those fun articles that I want to write uh, didn't make it in the magazine because I had to cool my jets and <laughs> talk decent to people. Um, so, uh, but I still managed to get in a few funny things here and there. Uh, But so when the pandemic hit, uh, I thought, wow, I started this book about 17 years ago. And I never really had the time to do it, to finish it. So the last year and a half, I said, now's my chance. So what I did was I went back over 22, three years to Women on Top Magazine. I grabbed all my interviews uh, from women that I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this one, I have... I don't think you can see it or not, but I have these celebrities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everybody from, oh my gosh, I've got Jane Fonda, Dolly Parton, Tara Reid. I've got Gwen Stefani. Uh, I've got Drew Barrymore. We've got Shania Twain, everybody. And so what I did is I went back and I gathered all of their interviews, which took about 4,820 years to do. <laughs> And it was, it turned into a never ending job of gathering their interviews and putting them all into one book. So uh, filled with life experiences of women who have been through the mill and came out and 
uh, reading through their interviews just reinvigorated me into the determination it takes to make it in life. Wow. Kind of like Tales of the Lioness. I put together yeah. a, they weren't famous women. They were normal women, regular women and uh, stories of and how they overcame some horrible things yeah. um, and, you know, came out on top, women on top, right. Tales of the Lioness. Right. Yeah, Kimber did a story in it too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Yeah, women that's are great. fabulous creatures. We, um, I feel I would be happier if, if we took, did, you know, as we have taken on a lot more of the burden, I feel like men would be happier to, you know, we are, we have morphed into their partners instead of their servants, I guess. At one point, it seemed like that's what women were the homemaker and took care of the home and the man and waited on him when he got home, had his slippers ready dinner. Um, and we've turned into a partner. And I think that's a welcome thing for most men, not the, you know, the, the Neanderthal men, but um, most men are welcoming the partnership of women. That's yeah. I think. Some of my chapters in my book, my first uh, chapter, it's called aliens did it. They sucked our brains out of our head. And that goes into all the mistakes that we make over and over. And uh, we always, once our back's against the wall, we always look for somebody to blame because it's so hard to take the responsibility that we mm. make these decisions ourselves. Mm. And then when you, you know dirt hits the, the fan, then we look for, oh, who can I blame? So that's the first chapter. And the second mm. chapter is, um, she works hard for the money in the boardroom and in the bedroom. Mm. And that is the different paths that we take in life. Some of us marry for money and some of us earn money. Some of us do both. It depends what we what we want out of life, um, and a lot from what you said a few minutes ago. Everybody's different, you know. Some people, some women are very happy being homemakers, and I've met those women, and I love those women, and I'm friends with those women. They've been my, you know, I've, we've done stories together. Other women, they're looking for something else in life that they want to like uh, work towards, but they still want to have a man. They still want to get married, and they want to have all the perks. But like you said, be more of a partner than a- Yeah, and I want to clarify servants, like the, the homemaker of today is not of the 50s. In the 50s, they were more subservient. And now, you know, the men could beat their wives and the woman couldn't do anything about it. But now that has changed. So there's nothing wrong with being a homemaker. And I think that's important for women to be there for their children. Mm -hmm. So I do think as a society, we should support homemakers more too. So I, didn't, I want to clarify that. No, I'm not against that. Yeah. And I am a homemaker. I mean, literally, yeah. I'm like the a clothes job or the dog walker, the yep. grandma, you know, uh, I am all those. And I love those things because yeah. those give me a break from uh, work. And sure. I'm lucky to have a husband and uh, kids that support me. And um, I mean, when I first started the magazine, I didn't know who I was going to get to advertise. My husband went out and said, he knows all the rich guys in town. He went out and said, hey, you got to buy an ad in my old lady's magazine right now. <laughs> like, okay, we will. And that's what kept me going. He got like the Bacardi's in and he got, he got like a ton of ads for that first year that really launched me. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes, you know, we're all rags and we've got, we carry too much burden, but that's one of my other chapters in my book. And um you know, uh, and it's, it's all about that. Uh, we have to learn to start asking for help more. 
as today's superwomen, we, we tend to believe that we can do it all and we can do it all, but we have to start saying, I need help. And I, one of the things I stress in the, in the work chapter, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's better to ask for help and to look brilliant <coughs> than to pretend you know it all, do, a, do the wrong job and look like a schmuck. Right. Just asking for help is one of the best qualities of a leader because nobody can yeah. get where they are without okay. help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. If you want the kids to take the dishes to the sink, take them to the sink, do your part. So we're not left as homemakers doing everything. Right, I agree. I'm, I'm big on asking Support. for help. <laughs> and I think that would make you feel like a servant too in, in a right. home environment, um, working like a team because a lot of time, you know, you see those movies where the woman just, the fit one day and says, I don't do this anymore. I'm not this, you know, I'm not, I'm waiting on everyone. She's picking up everybody's dirty clothes. And, you know, yeah. it's a team, it should be like more like a team <clears throat> than the woman being just a servant to the um, people in the home. But yeah. I also think too, that it's up to us as educators uh, to help people understand their part in things. You know, uh, it doesn't have to get to the boiling part where we bring the, the Godzilla out of the closet to, to get our point across. Mm, mm -hmm. I think, you know, just saying, hey, I need help, you know, with this, or I need help kind of gets everybody in the mood to want to help as, a, as opposed to being a witch and end up screaming because we're so overwhelmed that we don't know where to turn. That's a good point. I used to do that yeah. a lot. You know, I, that's, I, what, I, that's I, more me. Yeah. Yeah. I let things build up and then I go, Wah! yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You start feeling taken advantage of. You keep taking on, you don't want to say no. So yeah. Okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. And then you let it build up in one day. I'm mad at everyone. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and it's yeah. really, you let it happen. Yeah. I did a great interview with Gloria Allred and we talked about superwomen. and she says, there's no such thing as a superwoman. And two or three of my other interviews have said the same thing. Uh, I don't know who came up with Superwoman, but they need to be thrown into a forest with some <laughs> stabbing pygmies that are going <laughs> to put them in their place because having to live up to the image of Superman or Superwomen, both is is just too much to bear for a human being. It's, it's unrealistic and unfair yeah. um, to expectations on someone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, well, that sounds like a fascinating book. It's very um, and friendly, but men could learn from it too. So I think everybody would benefit from reading. And then the interviews, you said you went back through all these interviews. So are you talking about the interviews? Are they intertwined in the book? The whole book is interviews. Okay. Is okay. All, of these people, all of these women's interviews. And then of course I weave in different parts of my life and things that I've gone through as a mom, as a businesswoman, you know, as a divorcee, trying to make it alone, you know, starting a new life. Uh, I've, you know, put in each chapter I had sent over one of my chapters, I think it was on the good love and gone bad chapter I had sent over to, mm -hmm. to uh, Kimberly to, to Kimbra to say, check and look at it. And she, she went back and says, Oh my God, what's this? Because it's the good love and gone bad. You know, it's, it's uh, who we end up with that, can make or break our lives. Sometimes it's better to be alone until we meet the right person, um, mm -hmm. you know, that fits in. But um, 
you know, I, I, not just the celebrities are in there. I've gotten so many interviews over the year from psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, you know, people like John Paul DeJoria. We have, uh, you know, we have Michael Phelps. And so it's not just a man hater book. It's a, you know, got some great dudes in there too. Yeah. I saw Brett Michaels and I was like, he's yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah. He was in your magazine, I believe. Right. Yeah. 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 He was okay. on the cover of one of them. I've got your website pulled up here. I'm looking at all the covers, Shania Twain and Michael Phelps, Brett Michaels. Um, who else did I see that I knew? The Garth Fisher. I met him a long time. Fisher, the, he's the plastic surgeon, right? Yeah. yeah Dr. Garth Fisher. He did fly to mine for uh, almost from day one when he opened his practice. All, all the plastic surgeons are my he friend. Was, he was known for doing really good work. Yeah. And what I did with what I did with intertwining people into between the interviews with the celebs, like the the guys, like Garth Fisher and Raj Kanodia and the big plastic surgeons of Beverly Hills and health and wellness expert. I have Tony Horton in. I have a bunch of those guys. What I did with them was uh, I didn't give them like as much space as I gave my interviews for the women, but I have great quotes by them in, and especially got on plastic surgery, beauty, health, and fitness. A great interview uh, quotes from them on, especially when it comes to beauty and women, and how don't go not go overboard with the plastic face look, and mm -hmm. how we can judge, how we can stay looking young without looking like a mannequin, mm -hmm, and different mm -hmm. things that they've contributed. That uh, everything is something for us to read, to help us in our life, so that we don't make mistakes and then go back and go, oh my God, what did I do? And uh, so we can maybe forge ahead a little bit with a clear mind. That's, that's great. I was going to ask you about your magazine. How often does it come out in Beverly Hills Times? Well, well, we were doing once a month, once every six weeks. But since this is all started, I do one about every seven or eight. Mm. You know, uh, actually, whenever I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be a queen. <laughs> yeah. I'm a queen. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. between the book uh, that's what I'm saying I'm so happy to be with you guys today because see my shirt like mm -hmm. I have an actual like nice shirt on instead of like a t-shirt uh, the shirt I wear around <laughs> right? my favorite shirt is it says if they can put one man on the moon why can't they put all men on the moon so that's my favorite <laughs> shirt to wear but I didn't want to ruin the show today by putting that on right so, uh, you, dr you dressed up for us <laughs> here and all just for yeah. you you look beautiful. Both of you just look beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. We, we've got it down to a science. You know, we know what, well, uh, what yeah. <laughs> we know how to film ourselves. Hair <laughs> lighting and makeup. Um, yeah. And I'm usually in my sweats and a t-shirt too, because I work from home. So <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm working from home. It's like, uh, you yeah. know, while I go into my husband's office or whatever, but uh, there's some days that my butt is numb. <laughs> Right, I know. I can spend 12, 14, 16 hours a day working. Yep. That's what my normal day is like. So, uh, you know, to actually get up and walk around and dress up and do my hair, this is great. Maybe I was going to ask you, Suzanne, too. Maybe I'll drag my husband out after this so he can actually see me with, you know, out in public with him. <laughs> right? Look at, she's all uh, dolled up. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about your, your book that out of all the women that you interviewed, was there one or two interviews that really stood out that really surprised you like any interesting stories oh my gosh 
there's been so many. Um, I think uh, Shania Twain was oh, a, yeah. a very heartbreaking interview, um, uh, you know, to go through Mel B, uh, who from the Spurs <laughs> was another one. There's been so many. Uh, the one thread that I found almost to everyone from uh, Christy Brinkley to, I don't know, like Dolly Parton and to, uh, you know, I did it, Erin Brockovich, actually, she was a contributor in the magazine for a while. The one thing that was amazing to me was you look at someone now and you see them for who they are right now. And it's hard to believe the road they traveled Mm. to get where they are. And almost every single woman started out either in poverty, mm. uh, as a child that was unwanted and grew up in a, a family that mm. they were insecure about, came from a horrible, destructive, abusive marriage that they got out of, uh, had a child out of wedlock. They had to find a job to support the mm. child because they weren't getting any child support. Um, uh, Drew Barrymore, another huge interview of, of some kid that came out of something that could have been devastating and turned it all around into prosperity and, and, and knowledge and, and, uh, and an education for all of us. So I think with all of the interviews, it's been about basically the bottom line is starting from scratch, overcoming adversity, uh, and never, never, ever, ever stopping because someone said no. Mm. Persistence. Keep mm -hmm. going, no matter. Don't say no and don't hear no. You don't, just don't do it. Give everybody a chance to say what their piece. Take what you can from what they say and disregard, just, just don't listen to the rest. And if somebody says to no to you, no, you just keep going. When I first started mm -hmm. the magazine, it was in the, in the late 90s, it was, I was in a boys club. And you wouldn't believe what some of the other male publishers did to me. One of them was actually stealing my magazines and throwing them in the trash. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You read, I read that. That was crazy. And, uh, and I had never really confronted anybody before. And I had to step up and call them on the phone and go, hey, dude, take one more magazine. And uh, you're going to be hearing my voice in court. And I had to stop him. And that was my first lesson after only being in business for like three months was that the number one thing is sticking up for ourselves, no matter what. And don't yep. let anybody sidestep us from what we believe is our true intention in life. And like men that. like that when you do that, <laughs> they really don't like women that stand up for themselves. Mm. Um, you know, they, they feel threatened and it's mm. shocking to them. They expect it from a man, but not from a woman. And they, think they can take advantage of you and then when you stand up for yourself it's such a shock because they're not prepared yeah um so yeah I, I totally agree with that I'm like I had one one man tell me you're not a woman you're a man in business and I said thank you very yeah, much I'll take that as a compliment that I did he was trying to insult me and I did take it as a compliment because I was fighting as hard as a man would and right. I was right so I wasn't going to back down but yeah I like that I think too, um, uh, women have, uh, we've grown up to believe that we have to people please mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we shouldn't confront people. Uh, when something goes wrong, we just bite the bullet to look at that, look at the uh, hashtag me too movement. Okay. 
women suffering for years and years and years because they couldn't say no to a boss or that some you know idiot couldn't keep his paws in his pocket at work or whatever it is mm. so um uh, i think coming listening to those stories and coming into our own uh we believe that we don't have to be on fire to get what we want we we can be uh you know act in a uh, respectable way to everyone respectful way but i do believe that um it's important for us to not be afraid to say no, uh, to stand up for ourselves. And one thing I learned working in the public eye, there's probably a lot of people out there that don't like me. Mm -hmm. and I don't care. Right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I'm nice to everybody. I do my best that I can do to, to please them in, in their magazine and the writing articles and do stuff. But there's got to be people out there that don't like me. And that's okay by me. You know, everybody has their opinions. And I'm not here to please everybody. I'm just here to do the best that I can do. Good for you. That's yeah. great. I always say that you can stay medi mediocre and please everyone, or you can rise to your greatness and you're mm -hmm. going to ruffle some feathers. And that's just mm -hmm. the way it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's one of the points that I'm trying to get across in the book for women is, um, there's certain things that we've been taught we shouldn't do. And we have to kind of unlearn those things and say, yeah, it's okay to step forward and take care of ourselves. You know, yeah. it's okay to say no. It's okay to do certain things that, you know, we need to do to, to uh, not only advance in our careers, but advance as human beings and make and, and feel better about ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Agreed. Yeah. Well, fascinating story that you came up with all this and walked into a man's world because the publishing world is, is still now very much a man's world um, and that you did it way back then uh, is very commendable. And by the way, I'm, I'm looking at you and you've been flattering us and you look beautiful. You look lovely too today. And so um, we appreciate that you got all dolled up for us. Well, I'm headed towards my next birthday, which is in the triple digits now. <laughs> Well, you look great for 102. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kimber. I appreciate it. Uh, I told everybody, I said, don't call me. No presents. Right. No cards. I said, after my birthday passes, we'll wait a couple of weeks and then we'll have lunch and have a drink. But uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this birthday at all. Oh, well, you no, no. Well, you look amazing and you're doing so many things. You're still working yeah. and, you're, and you're, you're doing something that you love. So yeah. that's really great, right? And, and you, you should be proud. I mean, we should be proud of our birthdays. We should be proud that we may. I know the feeling too. You guys are like, I like celebrating mine, but no. <laughs> like 12 and 13, okay? When you start getting up there, uh, okay. Yeah, right. Then you yeah. kind of go, well, you know what? My one friend, she always like, I'm proud. She's like, what's the alternative, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And you're just that much more, much more wise and wiser and more experienced. And um, yeah, I am. I embrace getting older. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but you know, we don't like <laughs> some of the stuff that comes along with it. Right. <laughs> I just wish I knew back then what I know now. Of course. Yeah. yeah that's so yeah. true. Right. I, the, I think that yeah. I think about that all the time. Uh, I wanted to ask you uh, before we, we run out of time, where, can people buy your book? I know you said it's coming out next year, right? Uh, well, I'm sure it's going to be available on Amazon. I have someone that is going to be uh, a publicist that's going to be promoting it for me. 
Um, I hope to get out the word to every living woman on the planet of earth that I can reach because I really believe that what is included in the book by all the wise, wise women who have contributed uh, is, is just, you know, it's like a, a Bible for women with all their experiences. So I'm very proud of being able to interview these women and have them confide in, you know, their, their things with me. But believe me, you will be one of the first to know. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we want to publicize it as much as we can. Um, yeah. yeah, women are strong. You know, women are strong, uh, but you're so right that it's like, we need to learn how to ask for help and delegate, you know, because yeah. that will, that's the one thing that a lot of, from my experience, women I know were afraid to ask, you know? And sometimes they too. <laughs> What's that? I, I need help. You need people to delegate too. <laughs> well, I think well, that's true too. Think, yeah. <laughs> you got to have your staff. I think going back to the superwoman thing in the seventies or sixties kind of put the spark in it that we have to do everything to be acknowledged or respected or to be considered a superwoman. And there is no superwoman. It's, it's a fallacy that came out of that era. And what we have to do is fight it and say, yeah, I need help. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, can't do We're everything. just humans. It's, it's not, yeah, you can't do it all. Yeah. True. I agree. Well, Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Suzanne, for coming on. And uh, maybe we'll have you back after the book is out. Right? Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. You. Yeah, girl power. I love what you're doing. I'm so supportive and I'm oh, a fan. I didn't know you before, but now I'm a big fan. So yeah, thank thanks you, for thank sharing you. everything with us. Really okay, nice to meet you, guys. you Suzanne. Stay safe this weekend. Yeah, okay. you too. Thanks. I, we will. Okay, you we'll take care. Soon. Okay, bye. Bye.